moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to eight. I'm also a 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. You know, I often have moms reaching out to me to ask about math. Their child hates it, and they're struggling to help them. They can't seem to find an approach that works, or they hated math as a student or weren't good at it and aren't sure how they're going to teach their kids. If you can relate, please know you're not alone. Today, we're going to talk about math. But before I do that, I want to share with you uh, my book that I wrote uh, recently called The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. You can find that at DorendaWilson.com. Also, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. You can also find that at my website, or on Amazon. And I don't know if I said the four-hour school day is also on my website. Anyway, both those books can be found at the website, on Amazon, also at my favorite, at your favorite bookseller. Lastly, I want to share with you my favorite magazine. You know, sometimes you just need to get away, away from the comparisons and the expectations and the voices inside you that say you can't homeschool your kids. That's why I enjoy writing for Homeschooling Today magazine. With its team of experienced homeschoolers, you'll be encouraged and find practical and simple ways to homeschool boldly. And I'm really excited about the coming year. The emphasis will be about the home part, my favorite part, the home part of homeschooling boldly. Home is truly the heart of your children's education. So I want to encourage you to get the print subscription. That is my favorite version. Find a comfy chair, grab a cup of coffee, and turn off the noise for a bit when it comes when this magazine arrives in the mail. Quiet your soul. Lean into the unhurried homeschooler that you've always desired to be and choose to homeschool boldly. Okay, so let's dive in here and talk about math. Like I mentioned before, I get a lot of messages from homeschooling moms who are concerned that they can't teach their kids the math that they need. So here's a true confession. I stink at math. I always have. But honestly, I can't say that it's impacted my life negatively. However, when it came to homeschooling our kids, I really had to think this through. I made it through Algebra 2 and Trigonometry in high school, but I remembered nothing. So I had to ask myself, would I be willing to relearn so much of what I'd forgotten in order to teach my kids? Well, that simply wasn't doable for me while trying to homeschool several younger siblings as well. So today I'm going to share with you my personal experience homeschooling our eight kids. I'm not a math professional or a teacher. I am simply sharing from my years of experience and my perspective now, 26 years later. First of all, I think it's important to establish a simple perspective that is rooted in biblical truth when it comes to any subject. You're probably wondering, what in the world, what does a biblical perspective um, have to do with math, right? So I just want to ask us to ask ourselves a few questions, okay? First of all, let's talk about who created math, right? We know that God created everything, right? He created everything that's good. And yes, even if you don't like math, math is good. (laughs) So the question is, 
is I actually, I Googled it because I wanted to see, you know, what, what does the world say? Who does the world say created math or invented math? And here's what it said. It said mathematics encompasses many different types of studies. So it's not just reduced to the numbers piece of it. Um, there's other parts to math as well, but its discovery just simply can't even be attributed to one person. Instead, mathematics developed slowly over thousands of years with the help of thousands of people. So as the need arose, math was invented or created. But at the end of the day, we know that it's God who gives us the ability to learn these things, to invent these things, that creativity and all of that. So I would very confidently say that math, that God created math. Okay, so with that in mind, we want to ask ourselves, why did, we, why did he create it? Well, just like he created all other good things, there, it's to be a blessing to man and to be used by, by us for his glory. That kind of goes back to that Westminster confession that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever because that's the underlying current through the entire scripture, right? The whole of scripture would agree with that statement that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So um, we are, I think God intended for us to use math to glorify him. Now, how how does that happen? Well, um, I believe he created it or allowed it to be created as a tool for us to help us, um, for a tool for us to help us in our work, um, to help us be productive and to problem solve, right? So um, these are all really good things, but there you can see that uh, the practical intention really here is that we are to apply math as it um, is relevant to our work um, to help us be more productive and to help us problem solve. But here's the bottom line when it comes to our kids. Um, we don't know how our kids are going to use math as an adult. How is it going to be relevant to them? We know that for sure that they'll need to be able to handle their finances well and make purchases, etc. But in terms of how their math will actually be used as an adult in their chosen field, we have no idea. So I realized this early on and, and I decided that my main job was just to make sure that our kids had, for the most part, mastered addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, decimals, percentages, and fractions. Because at the end of the day, those are the skills that are needed for pretty much every adult in normal everyday life. But they're also the foundation of what is needed in order to move on to higher math should our kids ever want to or need to. So it's as a, on an as-needed basis. Now, I believe, if, if I remember correctly, all of our kids made it through at least Algebra 1. But I can honestly say I don't think that not doing Algebra 1 would have um, made a hill of beans difference for most of them. For some of them, yes. Um, but for most of them, no. And I'm going to explain a little bit more of that later on. My point is that we do our best with our kids when it comes to math. But at the end of the day, it is not worth wrecking our relationship with our kids. And here's why. First of all, it's unnecessary. I'm not saying that your child should never have to struggle over a math problem. 
That struggle could be an exercise in problem solving, learning to be resourceful or not giving up. That could be a challenge that God is putting in front of them. This is something we have to discern as parents. Um, But maybe it's not that. Um, There could be any number of reasons. Maybe they are not ready for that concept. Maybe they need a break. Maybe they're tired or just having a hard day. Maybe they know deep down inside better than we do when they are ready to learn that concept. And so it's up to us to discern that. And what we typically do is we force math because it was forced on us. So we assume that's just the nature of math, right? Math is hateful. (laughs) I kind of felt that way about it. And so I I thought, you know, I really want to take a different approach with our kids, if at all possible. So um, anyway, let's talk about the fact that um, this fact that is really, really important that my son pointed out, who happens to be very good at math. He said um, that At the end of the day, it's often an exercise in futility to try and teach something before it's relevant. Okay, so we can teach the kids the math concepts, but the things they're going to remember are the things that are relevant to them. Okay, Um, that is typically how it works. For example, you can have a child memorize the multiplication tables, but if they don't understand the concept, it is merely rote memorization. They won't know how to use that tool in everyday life and um, in ways that are relevant to whatever it is they're doing. It's just rote memorization. Now you can choose to do that if you want to, and quite possibly they'll make the connections later on. Um, But you know, if you're beating your head against a wall, you might want to think that through Um, because when it's just merely rote memorization, it's not meaningful to them. Children often can't wrap wrap their heads around that concept until a little later than many of the math books are trying to teach it. That's what I've noticed. Now, I remember when our kids were being required, our oldest kids were being required to learn multiplication. And I was shocked at the math book, um, that the math book had moved into that concept so early. I think it was like second or third grade. I And then I thought back to when I learned multiplication and guess when that happened? Sixth grade. And it was a struggle for me to get those all memorized at that point in time, even when I understood the concept. And so as an adult now, homeschooling our kids, I had had time to sort of watch the school system and how they were handling things. And by now, um, by this time, I had noticed that the school systems were trying to teach concepts at younger and younger ages. Now, I've looked at some of the math that they're having children do now, and it is crazy. I know after homeschooling all these years that these kids are not developmentally ready to learn many of these concepts. Um, Now, I think there are some good uh, curriculums out there that get the developmental stages of children. So I think there's some good options out there. Um... But I think overall, as far as the school system goes, it's just, it's crazy ridiculous. So anyway, I I liken it to like digging post holes in Alaska. Like when a child isn't ready to learn something um, versus when they are ready to learn something. So if you live in Alaska 
and you decide to build a fence and you're digging post holes, you can go out there every day in the winter and chink away at the ice. Chink, 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 chink. And eventually you'll get your your post hole dug. But the other option is to wait for the spring thaw and you'll have it done in no time flat. The same is true with children. When they are ready to learn something, you can't stop them. I mean, they just plow forward with it and they'll move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So don't be discouraged if you're struggling right now when it comes to math. I think it's just so important to understand um, understand our kids and understand that they need to be developmentally ready to learn the concepts. And, um, you know, I had to kind of learn learn my way around that. And I'll share that in a minute. But I do want to say that, you know, those in charge of the educational system, this is the other thing I've noticed, is that they're constantly changing their minds about learning standards. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, many times the people making these decisions aren't actually educators. Um, and even when they are, sometimes I have just asked myself, have these people never taken child development? Do they not know that a second grader isn't ready to learn this at this point in time? And so, you know, it just the, it just brought the whole thing into a, a lot of question to me. And I decided, you know, I had to make a decision because I'm educating my kids. So I have to move forward with what I believe is best for my kids. And I did not see that system working. And so I had to do something else. So I decided that I wasn't going to be a slave um, to that system and to those arbitrary standards, and neither were my children. And let me tell you something, it was very freeing because at the end of the day, those systems, like I mentioned before, have pretty much failed our children in general. I mean, if they didn't, we wouldn't be homeschooling, right? So I want to share with you from my book, The the Four-Hour School Day where I talk about math, I'm just going to read you a a short little section here because I think it's really important for you to understand these two things that were a game changer for me and what allowed me to have confidence in doing what I believed was best when it came to homeschooling our kids and specifically math. Um, First, there aren't as many new concepts taught each year as we might think. This is on page 135 and 136 in my book, The 4-Hour School Day. So there aren't as many new math concepts taught each year as we might think. Most concepts from the previous year are revisited the next year with only a few new concepts introduced. Secondly, so that's important to know. Secondly, there are many great math programs that make teaching math easier. This was also super helpful. It's often a matter of finding what works best for your particular child. Um, Also, this is another thing. Um, Lee Eager, a former junior high and high school math teacher, said that when a child is ready to learn, all of elementary math can be taught in eight weeks. I'm going to read that again for your benefit. When a child is ready to learn, all of elementary math can be taught in eight weeks. So we really can relax. If we are not looking for perfection, but progress, we can gently keep moving forward without getting stressed out and unintentionally passing our math fears 
on to our kids. There was a video I watched a while back on YouTube called Why Math uh, Instruction is Unnecessary. And it ties into what Lee Eager said here. This particular math teacher um, basically said that all through those early elementary years, you know, math can be can look so different than what the school system tells us it needs to look like, um, because as Lee Eager said, everything can be taught in eight weeks. So maybe you choose not to not to teach all those uh firm basics until they're in junior high and you just do a lot of other things instead, relevant type math. These are options that you have, moms. So I want you to know that. And I'm also going to include that video, that YouTube video in the show notes um, so you can watch it as well. Okay. So with that in mind, Um, I gave myself permission to give my kids as long as they needed to learn the multiplication tables. However, the one problem that we ran into was that their math books kept moving forward. So without knowing multiplication, it was difficult for them to move on in the book. Now, sometimes we just went past the section that did a lot of multiplication and we went into some other concepts instead. So that was one of the things we did. But often what I would do um, is make a run at memorizing, have the kids make a run at memorizing the multiplication table. So maybe this is like third or fourth grade. Okay, let's make a run at it because sometimes they're ready for it. Like sometimes they get the concept and they're ready to, to learn them all. And, and can I also say, you need to pay attention to your kid's learning style when it comes to this. I, knew, I know I found that important. Um, you know, some of my kids learned better by listening to music or doing something audio, just listening to the facts over and over again. Some of them needed visual. Some needed a combination of the two, uh, maybe a DVD um, where they, it was taught on a, you know, in a fun kind of way, that in a visual kind of way, or playing games. So there's a lot of different ways our kids can learn these. And we would just try things out until something stuck. And so we would work on that for a while. And then when they had most of them down, um, they could move forward in their math book. And so as not to slow them down, because maybe they only had three-fourths of their, you know, of those um, facts memorized, I didn't want to slow them down because, uh, you know, I, I wanted to be able to move forward at that point. So when they had a mostly memorized, I would actually give them a cheat sheet. Um, basically, it was a table with all the multiplication facts on it and, and um what they could do then is find the answer on the table that I provided whenever they needed to without the stress of not being able to remember it. And that takes up a lot of time when our kids are stressed and when they're trying to trying to pull it up from their memory and, you know, not go anywhere else for the answer. That just slows them down. So what I did was I gave them this 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 table and what it looked like was um, all there were numbers across the top and numbers down the side. So they had to make an effort to find the answer. So they would, you know, pull to, if they were doing nine times nine, they would go to the nine on the top and the nine on the bottom and kind of take their fingers and then bring them to the answer. And, you know, honestly, because it took a little bit of effort to find the answer, they would often 
end up memorizing them sooner than later just from doing that. Sometimes I just gave them a fact sheet with all the all the answers on it, all the multiplication facts on it. But all that to say, it was a way to eliminate the stress and to still have them moving forward in their math and really moving forward in the memorization. So that that's that proved to be a really good plan, at least for our kids. And again, all I can do is share from my own experience. However, as most of you know, I'm also on the other side of things. And I think I can offer some perspective that will help ease your mind. And I felt like one of the best ways that I could do that is to share several of my kids' math stories. So before I dive into that, I want to share a couple of things. You know, I shared with earlier that I took the position from early on that I would not wreck my kids' relationship or my relationship with my kids over schoolwork, whether it's math or any other subject. And again, this doesn't mean that they never had to have some nudges from me or that we didn't struggle sometimes or they didn't struggle sometimes. Um, but even before I maybe had the, went through the struggle with them and was willing to move forward with that struggle, you know, I would ask the Lord for direction because like I said before, sometimes it was just a matter of time and patience and letting the child learn at their own pace. I mentioned this before as well, but I want to say it again. What can often happen is we feel like we're hitting a brick wall over and over and over again. And sometimes just walking away and doing something different or taking a pause or doing some other kind of math instead gives our kids the time and space to be ready for the next thing that they need to learn. And please know this, you don't have to do every single problem in the math book. Also, another true story. I never read the teacher's manuals. I honestly have found simplicity to be key when it comes to math. Now, unless your kids have a natural math bent, in which case they, it likely won't feel complicated to them. So I had to just simplify it for myself and simplify it for them. And then eventually, like I said, they would move into the more complicated versions of it on their own. Um, if that was something that they were ah, good at, something they wanted, something that was relevant to them. But those teacher's manuals, oh my gosh, they were so overwhelming to me. I might peruse them, but I knew that even while I perused them, that I was not obligated to do every single thing in those directions. I'm not one of those moms who stood up and taught my kids math lessons or any other lesson for that matter. The truth is that once our kids could write their numbers, I gave them a very simple basic workbook, usually from Walmart or Costco, and I just had them start into the basics because the basics are just the basics, you guys. I mean, maybe it's more colorful in one workbook than another, and that's something to consider. Some of my kids like the more plain, non-distracting versions of um, of workbooks, and others liked all the colors. And um, you can just choose that for yourself or for your child. But what I'm saying here is that they just had a simple, basic workbook, wherever that came from. And I just had them start into the basics. Now, I know that there are a lot of moms out there who, you know, I would call better than me because they do manipulatives and all that sort of thing to teach math. And I love that. I think that's the coolest thing. 
And I, but I just learned early on that that just wasn't for me. I was more about multicolored counting bears, filling up a bowl with dried lentils and giving them measuring cups. I kind of just let them do their thing, especially early on. Occasionally, I would point something out to them to see if they were interested in learning more, but mainly, like I said, I just let them do their own thing, and I let them tell me more than I told them. It gets your kids engaged in the subject when you ask questions or have them tell you how they did something. We would sometimes talk about math while we were in the grocery store. You know, maybe they could count the cans of whatever we were buying and put them in the cart. If they earned some money, they could learn to count it. And if they decided to spend spend it, I would let them make the purchase, counting out their own change to the cashier. Um, my kids would also play store. You know, I, I loved that. I'd give them a calculator and they would make up their own little store and put their own products in it and put their own prices on it. And all of that was relevant to them because they'd been to the grocery store with me. And so all of a sudden that math made sense to them. Sometimes we would do verbal math lessons in the car, like playing games um, where we'd have a competition as to who to, who could get the answer right first. The winner might get a hot chocolate or something special, although it's not necessary. Sometimes they just need to be happy with the win, right? But I, I also want to say this as a side note, it's amazing how much the younger ones learn just by being around the older ones who are practicing this out loud. So... I'm going to share with you our math stories. I'll start with our oldest two who were girls and did not inherit the math gene, but we managed to establish all the basics that they now use in their lives as adults. They are 29 and 30 with uh, five kids and two kids. And so we managed to establish all the basics that they now use in their lives as adults and whatever gaps they may have had were quickly filled when it became relevant to their lives. So I asked Brittany this question. She's our oldest. What would you want homeschool moms to know? And she said this. I want moms to see that we sometimes freak out about things that ultimately aren't going to matter that much at the end of the day. You can be a successful wife, mother, etc., without being a rock star at math. Then I asked her, do you spend time pining over the fact that you don't have better math skills? She laughed and said, I'm married to a guy whose only easy subject was math, so that helps. Also, she said, I use my phone or ask my husband all the time about math stuff, and it seems to work. Plus, her husband shines at math, and so... It's really honoring to him that she comes to him with those questions. And so it works really well in their their relationship that she isn't, you know, she doesn't know math inside and out. Um, You know, we have, she also said that we have this idea that we need to teach every subject like we are teaching someone who will become a professor, right? And that simply isn't necessary. And can I add to that? It's unrealistic and can actually be harmful and have the opposite effect of what we're hoping for. Okay, Jenna is our second. She's 29 with two kids. I asked her, what connections have you made when it comes to math and your life as an adult? She said, well, for one thing, ditching the useless higher order math, quote unquote, in favor of consumer mathematics was probably the best choice I ever made. One of the biggest advantages of homeschooling is being able to gear a child's education towards his or her passion and interests, right? 
So why would we go for cookie-cutter academics, including math? Why would we do that? We don't. And we can benefit from that immensely. I feel like I avoided, one, the frustration of having to tackle that type of mathematics when it wasn't my gifting, and two, the frustration of trying to adult, quote-unquote, with no idea of how to handle personal finances. So, and I would add to that, she feels like she dodged a bullet on that one because, because we were willing to think outside the box. Now, moving on to Jake, he's our oldest son. He had a very mathematical mind. He actually liked it. My husband could help him a little beyond what I could, but the reality was that Jake had to teach himself once he got past a certain point. He knew he needed math to do what he wanted to do, and he had been encouraged to be a problem solver in other areas, so this ended up carrying over into math. So he went after his answers using Khan Academy and other online resources. The point is that he was motivated by his own drive to become a software engineer, so it didn't matter if I could teach it to him or not. We sometimes worked together to find resources, but he really did so much of it on his own. I just kept encouraging him and telling him how amazed I was at his skill and resourcefulness, and I let him know that I was available if he needed me to track anything down or help in any way I could. And really, that encouragement was what he really needed the most from me, and God provided the rest. He is now a software engineer for Amazon. Ben... Um, he is number four, son number two, was not math-oriented. He loved history, loved, loved, loved it. But again, I made sure he had all the basics, so if he ever chose to move on to something that required higher math, he had the resources to do so. He never did that, and it doesn't affect his work as an adult one iota. He is a productive adult with a great job. He is a groundskeeper and just all-around maintenance guy at a Christian campground. He's been there for years and loves it. Um, and he's also a part-time volunteer firefighter. Also, just a side note, he's getting married in May. We're pretty excited about that. Luke is our next son, and he was math-oriented. And by the time he was in high school... Um, we were able to have him take some math classes at a local homeschool co-op. He had an amazing teacher, and he loved those classes. Again, God provided what we needed when we needed it. Not only did Luke excel, but he also picked up some mad teaching skills, and he's an excellent tutor. He and his wife actually live in our backyard, so whenever I need him to tutor our 17-year-old, he is there. So I asked him what he would want homeschool moms to know about math. He had this to say, I'd say that no kid is going to remember all the math systems you teach them as a kid when they become an adult, even when those systems are relevant to adulthood. So it's best that they know how to problem solve in general, rather than knowing this or that exact formula. So I'm going to add to that. This kind of problem solving can happen in math, but it can happen also in other areas. So um, there's, a, there's certain types of logic and things that are learned through that upper level math, but they can be learned other ways. Um, I mentioned before that I heard a math teacher in a TED talk called Why Math Instruction is Unnecessary. 
I'm sharing that link in the show notes, but he gives alternative ideas to teach the same logic skills that upper math teaches. So Luke goes on to say, I use YouTube to refresh my geometry skills when I forget them and need them for work. If you know what questions to ask and how to word a question well, you can get just about anything answered that you need to be answered. So for example, geometry wasn't his favorite subject. He did the class, but he didn't enjoy it and pretty much forgot a lot of it until he was working for a contractor. Then it was relevant. Now, right now, he is actually doing remodeling himself. And so he is using those math skills pretty much every day. And when it came to algebra, it became relevant when he had to make an Excel spreadsheet to track hours and expenses for a job that he's currently doing. So I just want to take a little side note here, just uh, make a little side note here and explain something to you. So my husband is math oriented as well, and I am not. My husband says that everyone should learn algebra because you learn, you use those um, equations or formulas to solve problems in everyday life. And when he mentioned those particular problems to me, I realized that his approach would be a mathematical approach to that problem. My approach would not be. And so we could have tackled the same thing, but we would take it um, from a different approach. And that's okay. I love that. We're all different. God has created us um, and wired us uniquely. And so I love that as homeschooling moms, we can actually lean into that. Okay, moving on to Sam. He's our fourth son. He also took a math class with the same teacher that Luke did. He did well, but then we moved across the country and he had to finish his high school math career without a teacher. However, he had our third son close if he needed help, a provision from God. But the math he uses as an adult is whatever is relevant to plumbing, which is basically a lot of geometry, um, as he is now an apprentice plumber. He's in his third year and he's just, he is rocking it. He's doing so well. So I asked him, what would you want homeschool moms to know about your connection between doing math as a kid and your adult life? He said math, compared to other subjects like writing, which he hated, has actually been the most helpful to me in my adult life. Learning how to solve equations on the job is super helpful in plumbing. I use it every day. Being able to self-teach during my homeschooling years gave me the space to learn how to enjoy it. Because it wasn't a forced thing, it became my favorite subject in school. I use geometry quite a bit, angles, degrees, basic construction math. Mr. Wood, that math teacher that he and Luke both had, did help out when it came to enjoying math, but I feel like his teaching style was what did that for me. Just basic math is what's actually been the most helpful for me. I don't use Algebra 1 or 2 very much to figure out equations at work, but geometry and basic level math really has been a lifesaver. And my two cents, this is Sam speaking, every kid should learn how to read a measuring tape. (laughs) And he put a laughing face with it. So practical math, moms, this is really important. We want our kids to be able to function well in everyday life, right? Um, And you know, as as we give our kids the basics, and I, I talked about this with our son, Luke. I said, you know, I just basically gave you guys the basics when it came to math. And he goes, mom, that's all you were responsible for. It was our job to take that and and take it 
uh, a step further as needed. And so I love that because it, it takes that load off of feeling like you have to teach all the math to all the kids. Now, our youngest daughter, she's 19, was also tutored some of the time. Her name is Johanna. She was tutored some of the time by our third son, but she was mainly interested in learning as much about consumer math as she could during her senior year. It has served her well, and her current job doesn't require much math at all. Um, She did take... um, Like I said, she did consumer math, which has really been helpful for her. Uh, She feels like she can handle real life well because of that, you know, and maybe your, 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 your child, I like to do it the senior year because they were looking, you know, adulthood and beginning to launch um, square in the eye their senior year. So a lot of the kids, I had them do consumer math their senior year, pretty much all of them, except for Jake, because he was, um, And I think, Luke, they were both really good at math, so I knew that they would tackle that stuff pretty easily. Um, My other kids who maybe weren't as good at math or... or wanted to do consumer math, or I just felt led that that they needed to do it. Um, they did consumer math, and if and even if they didn't grasp every single thing in the book, they became familiar with the terms. You know, when it comes to a mortgage, when it comes to buying a car, you know, there's a lot of different terms that can be really intimidating if you haven't heard them before. And so, consumer math, I just feel like that should be a must for most kids. Um, So anyway, I just wanted to share that little side note. Uh, And our youngest, he is currently doing geometry. That's Silas. He enjoys math very much, and he pretty much does it all on his own with occasional help from his older brother, who, again, lives close by. So moms, I'm going to wrap it up by saying this. My math skills are no better than they were when we started homeschooling over 26 years ago. But guess what? Our kids are all fine. No child is going to remember all the math systems you teach them when they become, um, as a kid, when they become an an adult, right? They're not going to, none of us carried every system we learned from elementary school into adulthood. But if they know how to use critical thinking and problem solving skills, they will be able to navigate themselves to the answers. At the end of the day, math is simply a tool. And the math that is typically retained, relearned, or learned later has everything to do with what is relevant to that child in his or her particular circumstances. So take a breath, moms. Your kids are going to get what they need to get when they need to get it. Colleen Kessler said this, the academics can always be caught up when there's a need and a desire for it. The heart takes longer to heal. So focus on what your kids need and what you need, and it's always going to be the right answer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for the gift of teaching our children. We thank you for the gift of spending this time with them. We thank you for the gift of being able to work with their bents and their uniquenesses. God, I pray for wisdom over every mom who's listening as she sort of processes the whole math topic and um, just maybe thinking about some of the things that were said today. And I ask that you would just bring back to each mom's mind what would be relevant to them and what you might want to be uh, 
what you might want to use to give them wisdom and discernment in teaching their children math. We thank you for the gift of math. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We thank you for being so faithful, for being our counselor, our comforter, and our guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.